Welcome to the Nino's Corner Podcast. This is beautiful. What is that, velvet? Hosted by Nick, Nino's Corner Battle. Damn right. What's up, peeps? Nick Battle, a.k.a. Nino's Corner, man. First off, if you like this content that is coming your way, hit that subscribe button. means a ton. means a lot. Um, but today, folks, I got my brother from another with me. We're going to be doing the show today, a season review, Texas Longhorn football. We're only talking about Texas Longhorns today, folks. No Oklahoma stuff. Maybe it might bleed in a little bit because Chris is on the channel today. We might hear some OU stuff. Um, you know, some OU suck stuff, but we'll see, man. But first off, folks, let's get into our sponsors. Um, our first sponsor for today, folks, is going to be by BetUS.com. Go to BetUS.com, folks. Get you 125% sign-up bonus using the code Nino's Corner. That's free money, folks. Go to BetUS.com. Get yourself 125% sign-up bonus using the promo code Nino's Corner. All right, second sponsor, folks, is going to be by manscape folks go to manscape.com get you 20 percent off from free worldwide shipping using the promo code nino's corner again folks manscape.com 20 percent off and free worldwide shipping using the promo code nino's corner but folks we are here to talk about the 2022 texas longhorn football season review i got chris with a k in chris what's going on brother Man, nothing, bro. Just chilling, man. Excited about, uh, excited to talk talk about some Texas football tonight, man. Definitely have some thoughts to share, and uh, yeah. So, <laughs> well, let's get to it. Yeah, Chris, laugh because we got a two part series here, folks. Today is going to be Texas. Next week is going to be on Chris's channel on the Hornstown Podcast. We're going to talk about OU, and, and I'll be the special guest on that channel. So I'm gonna have a lot to say next week, but. <laughs> <laughs> But Chris, what did you think about the Texas 2022 season, man? Okay, so um, man, had had his highs and had his lows. Um, you know, look, Tart said had had a tweet the uh, the other day about, uh, are, are, do you feel like this Texas team is is headed or this Texas program is headed in a better direction? Sark has you guys up, okay. Um, I'm not gonna say that it's it's too much different than what I've seen in the past. I mean, we, we've seen what Herman, Herman had his highs and had his lows as well, but this is a different regime, so let's just stick to that. Um, I saw improvement, defensively especially. Um, I thought this was probably one of the more consistent years with uh, uh, Overshaw. Uh, as, as much as it pains me to say, uh, being there at, at, at the Red River game this year, uh, Overshaw showed out. He showed up and he showed out. I mean, he he's just all over the field. He's a guy that he doesn't really – you don't have to look at the stat sheet to actually see him uh, have an effect on the game. You have to account for him just like you would have to account for a Bijan, right? Um, you know, it's just one of those things where the games that I thought you guys would win, you got – you didn't. I thought TCU was, you know, coming to your, your place. I thought that was going to be a game that you guys would win. Obviously, the highest of the highs was honestly probably losing to Bama. 
because of just the way that you guys play coming out the gate. And I know that you and Steven, shout out to our guy Steven, I know that you, you guys were on the record of saying that, you know, hey, if Quinn plays the rest of that game, we win that game probably by 10 or or more, right? So Yeah, what, I got to look back at that now. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, well one, one of the things <laughs> I will say is that uh, um, Quinn yours, not calling him mullet boy right now, so out of respect, Quinn yours, there were times where he flashed, but there were times where you were like, okay, it's obvious that he's been out of football for quite a, quite a while. He's a freshman too. Yeah. yeah. But one of the things that I would say, uh, I, and I'm not quick to say that he's a generational talent, but I'm going to say that he, he's definitely above average quarterback. When I say above average, I'm not saying average. I'm saying that he's in that, that B class right now. He's like tier two, maybe tier three, maybe low tier two right now. Not to say next year he can't be tier one, right? Um, and I think that, you know, I think Sark, Sark got better as far as situational football uh, this year. Not going to say all the way because there were still some lapses in, uh, in the second halves. But, I mean, over, all in all, I mean, it's a, it's a better season than you had uh, in, in the first year of the Sark regime. And I think that there's just some things that you guys didn't account for. The injury to Nayor. Yeah, exactly. Uh, um, gosh, what a Jai Hall not really panning out. Yeah. Billingsby not really panning out. Yeah, his suspension hurt. Yeah, to have those, that explosive, you know, you guys are living in 12 and, and all those heavy personnel packages. So, basically – that kind of eliminated that because you're back to Jatavian Sanders, a non-factor, but you're back to the James. <laughs> this man just called Jatavian Sanders a non-factor again. You're, you're back to him just basically being solo dolo out there. So you're not able to actually open up the offense even more than what you thought, right? So like I said, it just it was just a season of highs and lows. It was more highs. Um, one of the things I want to commend Texas on. Okay, and this is me from the from the bottom of my heart. I want to commend oh, Texas. What is what is going on now? <laughs> Coming into this season, the budding joke was, well, you know they're gonna lose to Kansas. What y'all did to Kansas was personal because there was a point in that game where my aunt called me and, and we said it at the same time. I said, Hey, I don't think they've ran the ball. I mean, I don't think they passed the ball these last <laughs> these last like three drives. Yeah, it was, it was just personal. line them up. We're gonna run down your throat, and we're gonna play aggressive on defense. And that's exactly what you guys did. Now, granted, Daniels was coming back off of that injury, but he hyped himself up like it was about to be. You know, hey, you on the field? You on the field? I don't want to hear it. But the way that you guys did Kansas, that was personal, and I I have to say. I enjoyed it. It was pretty. It was pretty cool to see. <laughs> I, was, I was not expecting y'all to run as much. I thought y'all were gonna come out there and be finesse, try to pass, give them some life. I thought it would be a game that would come down to the fourth quarter. But B. John said, "No, nah, I'm gonna shut all that stuff up, and I'm gonna show y'all what we really think of Kansas." Yeah, you know what? Also, Chris, man, I think that uh, I think Sark's second year. This is the time for him. He's starting to, I wouldn't say take the training wheels off, but when yeah. things don't go perfect, you got to rely on what's working for your team. And you saw he started to do that towards the end of the season. I think if he did it at the beginning of the season, I think Texas beats, you know, Okie State. You know, we tried to force it to be Quinn's game. That was not Quinn's game. You know, mm -hmm. you got two studs back there that are going to the league, hand the ball off. Um, you know, like you say, Kansas was a – was a hell of a game. Kansas State was another good game, too, where we pulled that out as well. Um, the TCU game is a head-scratcher for yeah. Texas to be um, 
you know, for Sark to be an offensive mind and for us to only put up three points on offense by while while holding TCU to 17 points, mm-hmm. um, you know, our defense scored more points than our offense that game, which but, was pathetic. You know, so me, yeah. I'm sorry, because you I was just gonna say right here, let's just be real and let's just jump on it and say what it is. If Texas wants to get where they want want to be. Sark can't be the one that propels you guys there. It has to be Quinn Ewers. And what I mean by that is that Quinn Ewers can't rely on Sark basically to get him in whatever package he needs to. Quinn Ewers has to has has to just get it. He has to become that guy and be able to make some of those throws and everything. I know you're going to talk about uh, Worthy's drops and different things like that, but <laughs> I'm just saying that we talk about those transcendent generational type of quarterbacks, as you like to say, with yeah, the Caleb, like Caleb, all of that, yeah, like Caleb. But, but <laughs> what I'm saying is that he's going to have to take that step. And next year, you're wanting to see the five touchdown, 400 yard performance, uh, you know, performances from Quinn Ewers, and that's what I'm saying. Yeah, that's true. That I can see that. Way. Yeah, oh yeah, you know, I can see it. Sark did scheme him open. He's getting, I mean, they were wide open plays. I mean, Quinn, that's what he's supposed to do. Yeah, that's what he's supposed to do. Quinn missed him. He missed a lot of plays this year, but he mm-hmm. is young, you know, and I don't like to use that excuse because he's been in college for a year at, you know, Ohio State. Mm-hmm. He didn't play. He had COVID when he first got there. He didn't get into it and pace until a week before the season started. You know, it's just, it's just a missed situation. But he comes to Texas. You're the guy. You've been there since the spring. You know the offense. It's your team. You got to, you got to command that team. And so, Uh-oh. Oh, don't yeah. forget, don't forget the, you know, perfect uh, rating on rivals at 247 Sports and the hype. He's the greatest quarterback that came out there. He looked like another South Lake quarterback to me, but, hey, that's just my opinion. Well, look here, look here. I'm not going to say all that. It's just, it just takes time. You know, uh, go look at Vince Young's first year. You know, uh, you know, it takes time. He was a 1.000 quarterback too, right? You know, so we were just talking about this, um, you know, earlier today is – there were fans calling to have Vince Young be a wide receiver his freshman year because, you know, they didn't think he got it, right? And he ended up being the best quarterback to ever, you know, step foot here on this campus and one of the best ever to do it in college football, right? So, you know, it it takes time. It takes time for these guys to mature. Everybody doesn't mature at the same rate as a B. John Robinson, right? B. John's just a special guy who matured at the – and he's in a whole different position. Every kid doesn't step into a – and an offense in a ready-made team like a Trevor Lawrence did. You know, Trevor Lawrence, is pre- he pretty much stepped into a ready-made team that was ready to go. He goes and does this thing and then win a, you know, you know, a damn championship his first year, right? So – Is he a generational quarterback? Yeah, Trevor Lawrence, yes. He is. He is. But, but like I just said, he stepped into a team that was in the national championship the year before, mm-hmm. right, um, and won it two years before that, right? So it, it's, it's not like he came to – or Texas, where we had to start two true freshmen on the offensive line. We lost Junior Angelow as well. Um, you know, losing Nayer, uh, you know, not having the tight end support that we need. So we got to make an offensive lineman be our second tight end for 30 or 40% of the game. And everybody knows when he's in the game, he's not going out for a pass. So you just take a passer off the field, basically, right? And so um, it was all the X show um, mm-hmm. with JT Sanders. And Texas just needed more playmakers at wide receiver, I thought, this season. Yeah, um, I mean, and that's the thing. I, I'm I'm just going to say this. Casey Kane is a serviceable wide receiver. Yeah, good. Uh, Winnie Tennant is a serviceable wide receiver when healthy. Who? Uh, 
Drake, excuse me, I almost said Drake Stoops. I almost said Drake Stoops. I mean, that guy's going places, but oh, Drake gonna, Stoops. Uh, he's gonna get drafted. One Stoops? No, no, no. He's coming back to school. Stoops? Or Sto- yeah, Drake Stoops. <laughs> yeah, like we said, you already know. Put the numbers up there. Drake Stoops, Jordan Wheaton. Okay. Anyways, like I was gonna say though, um, you guys had serviceable wide receivers out there, but those guys are really possession possession guys. Casey Kane is a guy that can stretch the field uh, here and there, especially whenever you have a guy when Worthy is hot because he makes them he he makes them look good. Because you know, hey, look, I was there at the, at the Red River game and I saw exactly what Sark was doing. We had Worthy covered up. But then you had those two basically running twin routes. They're running twin orbit routes, basically. And they're giving they're giving Worthy the option to do whatever he wants to do on top of his route. But you have, um, uh, what's his name, Whittington just running right underneath. And, I mean, he was just able to just, you know, just <laughs> – they just schemed them open. Well. Yeah, but Whittington's also a good player. I mean, I, I don't think you give Whittington the credit he deserves. I'm not going to say that he's a game changer. I'm going to say he's a good player when healthy. But I'm not. He was healthy all year this year. He had a quiet. He he had almost 700 yards here, which was a quiet almost 700 yards, which is more than Stoops had his whole career. But we're not going to talk about that. Not honestly. (laughs) But (laughs) but uh, no, Whittington is a guy who I thought should have been used a lot more. He had literally a quiet almost 700 yards this year. It was 600 after the the uh, 12th game of the season. Um, I think he got close to the 700. You know, just in the bowl game. Don't know yet. Don't know yet. He hasn't said, but. Like I said, he had a very quiet, almost 700-yard season this year, and that's with him not being used properly, in my opinion. Um, he should have been used a lot properly? more. Huh? How is he not used properly? He should have got targeted a lot more. He he should have shorter routes, not going deep all the time to Worthy. <laughs> let Whittington do business. Just, just let him get the ball in his hands, and that guy's like a running back on the field. He's a lot like a Devin Duvernay type. Not as fast, but once the ball's in his hands, he he is a running back. You know, he, he makes things happen. My only worry about uh, about Winnington is just staying healthy. I mean, yeah. this this was a good year for him, but I mean, staying healthy is a big thing. Um, yeah, shout out to my boy. What up, Jay? What up, Jay? Boom. But yeah, what I was gonna say. Let's move back to your running back room. So yeah, here is the thing that I'm concerned about with Texas moving forward. Okay, don't say running backs. I am worried about with, with running backs because let's be real. You want to talk about generational quarterbacks with OU losing Caleb Williams. Let's talk about y'all losing a generational uh, running, uh, running back. I mean, let's be let's be real. You you guys can uh, Brooks, Baxter, Blue, Pink, Yellow, whoever the hell you want to <laughs> put back there in your backfield. Let's just be real. Let's not be John lining up. And this is what y'all are going to have to actually live with now. Maybe y'all have a, a running back who can who can make some long yardage plays, who has speed. I mean, Keelan Robinson, I, I think that he's going to be a weapon. And he's, he's a nah, but not an every down. He's more of a slot. I think he should. I think y'all should move him to slot. But his hands it. weren't that good his first year. This year, his 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 hands got a lot better. Yeah. Um. You know, so him coming out the backfield catching balls was a lot better this year. But uh. But you don't want it to be one of those situations like Lincoln. His last year there, where Gray is coming in to be a, you know, Gray's gonna, yeah. gonna catch yeah. the ball. But, but here's here's what I'm saying is you guys are gonna have to learn how to live without is that running back who is the epitome of you get hit one time but you make something happen. You know, he's getting hit uh, by the by the D tackle. 
the defensive end. Here goes somebody else coming up in run support, and he's bouncing off of them and taking it for another 20, 30 yards. Yeah. Maybe y'all are not going to have that back anymore, and now y'all are going to be in more long yardage situations. Roshan as well. You don't have that one-two punch of the guy who can make the amazing play, and then on the short yardage, you got a guy who's ready, who's willing and, and ready just to put his nose on somebody else's nose and say, hey. Well, look, I'm going to bounce back on you in this one. This is a hot take by me. And I was talking to uh, Homer about this. I was talking to Nash about this as well, you know, in our group chat. And I think Nash made this point um, that as great as Bijan was, uh, don't be shocked at what um, Brooks is going to do next year because the offensive line next year is going to be light years better than anything Bijan had here on campus. You're going to have a guy like Kelvin Banks. It's going to be seasoned for another year. You're going to have a guy, um, you know, and Cole Hudson and DJ Campbell. DJ Campbell, I think, is going to really come in and and prosper next year. He was the top guard in the country last year coming out of high school. Uh, Jake Majors is, you know, is Mr. Steady there. At right tackle, you have Big Ken Williams or whoever else fights out for that job. And then you got Hayden Connor also. So, the problem with Texas in the past has been we have relied on too many true freshmen to come and save the program, mm-hmm. right? Because Tom Herman didn't recruit the offensive line at all. Yeah. Charlie Strong didn't recruit the offensive line at all. Sar- you know, Sarkeesian has made it a point to improve the offensive line. In these two classes, he's taken 12 offensive linemen. And the five-year period before he got there, Texas took 18 offensive linemen. Dad mm-hmm. to tell you something right there. He knows he has to build up the trenches, and he's been able to sit five of those seven offensive linemen this year. So these guys are in the weight room. They're letting the game slow down. They're getting stronger. They're getting bigger, and I think that that's going to help out because I think this offensive line this year is going to be light years better than what Bijan has had to run behind his whole three years here at Texas. And that's a good – I mean, that's a good point. But at the same time, let's just be real. Brooks is not Bijan. Y'all Brooks, can put Brooks – No, he's not, he's not Bijan. They're not Bijan. I think a lot of people, when they look at Jonathan Brooks and people hear me out here, and I'm, I'm, I'm not saying anything bad about Bijan or Roshan. But what I'm telling you is Jonathan Brooks' vision mm-hmm. might have been the best in that running back room last year. Yeah, but I saw him against Washington, and it left it left. No, things. no, no. He only got six carries against Washington. And guess what, Steven, Steve, I'm not <laughs> Steven, Chris. He scored on 25 percent of his touches. Every fourth carry he got or mm-hmm. touch, he had a touchdown. He scored our only two touchdowns in the game. Yeah, you know, so he only had six touches. I saw the screen. I yeah. saw the screen. But, I but saw the that's screen. his vision. <laughs> the guy. Here it is, 25% of his touches. Nash, there you go. Jonathan Brooks is a grown-ass man. I think people are going to see uh, when he came out of high school, people, mm-hmm. he came from this small school that they didn't want to give him the respect. Um, and the dude balled out. I mean, he set every Texas high school record. He was under the radar. Stan Drayton finds him early. He ends up coming to Texas. Then everybody hopped on it. Everybody wanted him after that. Uh, but he had to sit behind Bijan and Roshan. And I'm telling you, he had six carries and he scored on 25% of his touches in the Alamo Bowl. And but, so, yeah, you can say he saw his carries, but all I here's, know is he scored two touchdowns on, on what, eight touches? I saw the screen and I saw the 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 goal line run where he just he, – look, he just ran behind the big hog, hog mollies up front. I saw it. Okay, I get that. But you can't sit here and tell me 
that you're you're really going to sit here and tell me that, oh, yeah, no, we're going to be fine. We're just going to be plug and pull next year. No, no, I didn't didn't say plug and play. I didn't say plug and play. What I said was is that Jonathan Brooks is going Uh to run behind an offensive line that is light years better than anything B. John Robinson has run behind here at Texas. And I think his numbers are going to be very comparable to what Bijan had this year mm-hmm. because the offensive line is going to be better. Mm-hmm. That's 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 just my opinion. You're going to have a Kelvin Banks who's going to be here. This is the second year who's going to be better. He was the best tackle in the conference. I think everybody understands that, right? Mm-hmm. We understand Kelvin Banks Jr. is the best tackle in the conference. One of the top two or three in the nation. He was the best tackle in this conference. Who, who was better? Oh, Antoine Harrison, baby. What you talking about? <laughs> what you talking Cal, about, man? What you Cal, mean? Cal, please. DJ Campbell's going to be there. Hayden Connor's going to be there for another year. Baby, Antoine Harrison. Oh, no. Okay. Hey. You can say that you want. Hey. Uh, you can say that. You can say all you want. Listen, Kevin Banks Jr. is going to be a top five pick. Listen, if you say so. listen. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I can't wait for him to go to the league and get exposed because of all the help that he's getting. But anyway. Hey, what's he getting help from? Hey, hold on. Hold on. <laughs> you a hater. Don't you have him. <laughs> Another running back like uh Ford or something like that. No, we got Jaden Blue. What they're talking about, he hit the portal. No, he did he's, he, he's locked in. He just he just reconfirmed he's locked in. Okay. Then we got Cedric Baxter. Cedric Baxter, number one running back in the country, 6'2, 220 pound running back. Mm-hmm. Um, who's also gonna do some dirty things here at Texas, too. Do you think he'll get he'll hit see the field next year? Yes, he will see the field next year. That guy's gonna see the field next year, and, and, and that's what I'm saying is that look the 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 dynamic because we could talk about Bijan all day, but Roshan, what he was able to do for you guys, he was so versatile, and that's what I'm trying to say is that I'm not I'm not necessarily knocking the the well I'm knocking the depth of a tad bit just because those are young guys and we you know kind of un, a bit unproven, but I'm just saying like hey look. Um, that dynamic that Roshan and Bijan had, because even if you want to say Brooks is going to play behind a, a better offensive line, Roshan and Bijan were able to make a bad offensive line. Let's just say, call it what it is. That's how you're going to go. Were, they were serviceable. I wouldn't say they're bad. They were serviceable this year. They were they bad. Bijan made them look better than what they were. Because there's a lot of times guys are in the backfield hitting him and Bijan is still taking it for uh for 40, 60 yards down the field for a touchdown. I understand okay. that. I, yeah. I, I that's it. There was a and, and I mean, yeah. And I mean, look, I, I think that in a lot of ways, in a lot of ways, as much as y'all don't want it, want to admit it, in a lot of ways, uh, we had similar problems uh with with certain teams. Let's just put it uh for what it's worth. Texas, uh, Texas Tech, Texas Tech telegraphed everything they were doing to both of our teams, and we still couldn't uh, couldn't figure it out. And it was, it you could say it was coaching, because I watched the last few minutes when y'all lost to them, and y'all shouldn't have lost to them. We shouldn't have lost to them. Same at all. At but all. when y'all when when I watched that game right there, I was like, that's not necessarily on Sark, but it goes hand in hand. People are going to blame him ultimately for the for the laps, but. That, that game was, was a, of, that was a shock and awe game when it, when a, when a team goes for eight or nine times on fourth down. Yeah, that that kind of deflates your defense when you stop somebody on third down and it's and it's and it's fourth and four and you're like we got them let's get out the field no 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 big boy come back on. But that's what yeah. I'm saying. It's it's at some point like look I get it it is on the coaches because the coaches got to point it out or something you got to call a timeout and figure it out. 
but it's got to be player recognition whenever they're telegraphing you and they're running the same play to each side. You get what I'm saying? There's no nothing different. You know what's coming. It's got to be something, you know? Um, defensively, defensively, like I said, you guys were, were nasty. It just seemed like you guys wanted it more. Your, your secondary was probably the most aggressive I've seen them be they in were quite good. some time. They were good. Um, Linebackers were great. I feel like, man, I feel like, to be honest with you, PK got out of the way and just said, said, Gary, save us. No. To be honest no. With this, you. no. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this is my thing. When people want to give Gary, Gary Patterson the credit for how good the defense was, uh-huh. where's that same energy when the defense didn't play well against teams like Texas Tech and other? Was it Gary Patterson's fault then, too? No. People need to understand that. PK is a damn good defensive mind. He's all about development. His thing is developing players. And he's got a season in with these guys, and he has developed these players. Give Jeff Choate some credit on how he developed Jalen Ford to be what he is. All right? Give, Nick, give I don't want to hear that, Nick. Why not? Gary Patterson is on your sideline. We know what he does. We know his resume. And it's way better than PK. PK is looking over his shoulder because he knows the defensive coordinator is has been on the sideline, he's been in the box, and he's all over the game plan. If you don't think PK is is leaning in on Gary Patterson, you don't think Sark's leaning in on Gary Patterson too? Come on, man! You don't think Sark's leaning in on on Gary Patterson? Stop playing! No, look, I'm I'm not playing. I'm gonna give I'm gonna give PK his flowers. Get that man some credit. Because when the team did bad this year on defense, was anybody screaming for Gary Patterson's head? No. Give PK his credit. This defense was much more prepared this year. These players are much more developed this year. Uh, And I'm going to give Gary Patterson some credit on the offensive side and the defensive side of the ball. He's a special assistant to the head coach, not the defensive coordinator. Mm -hmm. But I'm going to give Jeff Choate a lot of credit um, for the maturation process of Jalen Ford, uh, Overshawn, Mm-hmm. Uh, I saw great things out of those guys. Even Torian Ducker, he played. Oh yeah, Tucker. I always forget. Yeah, TD, whatever. Yeah, uh, yeah. He has a hard name to pronounce sometimes. But the secondary was good as well. You know, give uh, Terry Joseph, give Blake Gideon, get themselves some props too, man. They went out and got players um, like Orion Watts to come in and and play the boundary, uh, he, who was awesome this year. And you got guys like Jamison. It was the first time in his career where he's had a damn coordinator or a position coach for two years in a row. He's never had that. And so now we're seeing a little continuity with the team. Uh, Jaron Thompson's always been a good player. You know, but Cook's been a good player. He's you got that to be coached. You can't sit there and say that the, the GP effect. I didn't say no, it didn't. I didn't say it didn't help. I say Gary Patterson didn't have a lot to do with, with the success of that defense this year. Hold on, Paxton. Thanks, man. Tucker Dirt. Tucker. Dorsey. I don't know why I couldn't get that out of my mouth today. But because, um because and the reason why I say that is because look, l- let's just say this right here. If y'all I'm not gonna put y'all in the way. We're gonna put y'all let, let's say that y'all that 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 let's say little Nick is out there with that that 10 speed bike, huh? You know you would ride the mongoose, it's too fast for you. Boom. But anyways, yeah, let's say, let's say that let's say that you had a little 10 speed bike. And let's say your chain was just a little bit messed up, but you kept riding it because you wanted to ride with your friends and everything. Steven over there, you know, all the rest of y'all Texas boys, Texas homers there, you know, and your your chain is just a little bit, it's just it's just not there. 
Gary Patterson says, hey, son, come here real quick. Let me help you with that. Let me go ahead and just tighten that up just a little bit. Let me go ahead and fix that real quick. Oh, yeah, you got a problem here. You got a problem over here, too. And he makes your bike go really fast. You got to give him his credit, man. Gary no, we, we are giving him his credit. But also, you got to give PK his credit. PK just didn't come to Texas and forget how to coach defense. Look, I'm gonna tell you like this right now. Doesn't happen. He if y'all go for to coach defense. If y'all go five and seven, eight and four next year, or in between, I can promise you now. If Gary Patterson is still there and he hasn't taken a head coaching job, Gary Patterson will be your defensive coordinator by the end, maybe by the end of the season. If he wants it, that's Gary Patterson. What if he wants another head coaching job? I'm you know just, what I mean, he's he's Gary Patterson, right? So now you know I'm gonna give, I'm gonna give. GP some shots out and say, yes, good job for helping the offense and the defensive side of the ball. However, I'm going to give PK his flowers because this guy was a hell of a defensive coordinator in the Pac-12. Mm -hmm. And he and and, like was too. But. And, and he's, yes, yeah, so what's Lake doing now? All right. So, all right. So, um, look, I'm going to give PK his flowers. He is a developer of talent. He got these guys in this year or last year. He got to have them for a year, built their bodies up the way that he wants them. And now you're seeing guys like uh, Coburn, who's who's going to be probably a second-day pick. You know, Sweat, if he would have left, would have been a, you know, a draft pick this year. You know, Overshawn's going to be a draft pick. Jalen Ford's going to be a draft pick. I'm, I, I'm definitely looking for the Texas draft picks, but I tell you this right now, I don't care. Nick V, shout out to you. Hey, like, subscribe. Hey, first off, hey, if you're in here right now, you got to like and subscribe to this video. Yeah. Into, into the content, into the channel. Come on. It's Nino's corner. Y'all already know. <laughs> Anyways, like I was saying, though, look, ain't no way that Nick V gonna sit up here and tell me that Coburn is <laughs> boy. <laughs> Coburn's getting drafted. No, not Ter Mr. Pterodactyl Orms himself. He's getting drafted. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If somebody wants to sit down with me, tell all the all the NFL uh, scouts to sit down with me. I'll show y'all the film and I'll say, you see that right there? Coburn's getting drafted. All right. He's a big man with pterodactyl arms. He's going to show you. He's going to show you film. He's going to show you film from non-development over the two years prior, and he's going to show you some film where he's been developed properly and show how much of a monster he was this year. Okay, well, gentlemen's bet. How about that? Let's make it interesting. What? He's getting drafted. He's getting drafted. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I see him going undrafted. I'm. Oh, child, please. Okay. What, what bet you want to do? What bet you want to do? Well, let's. Let's, let's just talk about it. We'll talk about it off. Huh? Well, okay, we'll talk about it off. And I'll tweet it out what the bet is. All right. All right. Coburn's getting drafted. You about to get these words here. not getting drafted. I'm sorry. There's Coburn's no, getting drafted. There's no way. Coburn's if, getting if drafted. Coburn gets drafted, and then there must be a cold day in hell going on. People, people in drafted. hell want water a lot, and y'all want y'all want him to get drafted. So I guess y'all all in the same boat. Oh, I, hey, look, I've seen the mock drafts. But like I said, hey, prayer is a powerful thing. You know, I always say that. That's my thing. Why are you hating on the kid, man? Let that I'm man make his money. Where about Ron Bros? Ron, I'm sorry, man. We ain't talking about OU right now. <laughs> you worry about, you about your son Bros, man. <laughs> I'll just shoot. I, hey, I tell you this right here. I bet you Bros will probably get more looks than Coburn will. Coburn will. It's hard to find big guys that can that that have that kind of speed. Size and speed is two things you can't teach. That size and speed. Coburn's getting drafted, man. Keep moving on, Nick. <laughs> Just Nick Coburn's getting drafted. Pterodactyl Orms is not Mister okay. Pterodactyl Orms himself is not getting. All right, drafted. guys, you guys heard that. Chris just said 
Keandre Comer's not getting drafted. I'm going to tweet out what we're going to bet. We're going to text over the next couple of days and what the bet's going to be. But Coburn's getting drafted. I know it. Texas fans know it because we pay attention to this. And when I win this bet, we got to come up with something good. For what, what is there an expansion draft or what is it? Because I, I mean, it's seven rounds and there's a lot of quality okay. players out there. Okay. Okay. Uh huh. All right. We'll see. So if our success is due to Patterson and we're doing bad next year, wouldn't it be on Patterson? Oh, yeah. That's a good question, Nash. What do you think about that, Stephen? Not Stephen. God, Lee, Chris. Why well, keep calling you Stephen? Hey, first and foremost, Stephen is on our minds. Hopefully, whatever's going on with, with Stephen has, has been solved. That's our boy. So, hey, yeah, Stephen's my dude. You know, shout out to Fanatic Perspective. Y'all keep the channel uh, going, obviously, as y'all already are. But yeah, you know. But no, um, look, um, Patterson, no, I mean, I, I don't know. I, I just, look, I've seen Gary, bad Gary Patterson schemes of days at least, but I mean, I don't think so. I think he's pretty much the, the missing piece of the puzzle over there on the defensive side of the ball. I think that he's gotten you guys this far. I mean, l- let's just call it what it is. Offensively, it was a uh, abysmal night against TCU defensively. I mean, you guys gave them some fits, you know, and it just was just was one of those things. And then even with even with Washington, which I thought you guys would probably go out there and I thought y'all would play a better game than what y'all did, but I mean that first half just kind of got got a little bit away. And I mean they just kept they just kept forcing the ball down the down the field on y'all. Going vertical and all the rest of that. But it wasn't, so, I mean, the first half, what was the final score in the first half? 10 3? No, was it 10 3? I it, think it was 10 3. So I it was like 20 3. Or was no, that? No, no, no. It was oh. like 10 3 in the first half. Um, you know, Texas's offense shot themselves in the foot. Uh, you know, mm. Quinn threw a ball to Xavier, you know, a back shoulder that he didn't turn to. Um, we just couldn't get it rolling on offense in the first half. Second half, offense got rolling. Quinn should have finished the game with about 450 yards. Minus a couple drops, but that's a great know. that's a great segue. Let's, yeah, let's talk, talk about, about the Washington game. Let's talk. No, nah, let's talk about this whole Worthy thing. What's what up? Him? What's up with Worthy, man? I don't know. He has the third most drops in college football uh, since he's been in 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 the sport. Right. So you know, over the past two years, the third most drops from any receiver in college football. Um, so I don't know if it's a mental thing because his his route running is is exceptional right he runs great routes um one thing that you kind of notice with Xavier Worthy is he doesn't catch the ball with his hands a lot you know watch his highlights Xavier Worthy catches the ball a lot you know on the chest or basket catches and I think that's one of the main things is not seeing the ball into his hands and just getting a good grasp of the ball and in instead of basket catching the ball and I think that's that's one of the biggest problems with with him right now. Um, but as far as the talent wise, yeah. running routes, speed, I mean, he's he he's exceptional. You know, it's just a matter of can he get to the mental side and and catch the balls basically is what we need him to do. You know, I I think over the last few years he's had something like 15 or 16 drops, right? So yeah, I, that's that's a lot for you know for two years. So Nick, um Nick huh? V, I, I agree with that, what you just said, but Look, I, I'm, I'm going to jump in here real quick on this Worthy thing, okay? Yeah. So, first off, um, one play that sticks out in my mind, y'all shouldn't have won that game. Which one? For multiple reasons. That uh, that Iowa State game. That that was – Why shouldn't we have won it? We won it. 
That was targeting at the end. Targeting. That was targeting. Y'all, y'all hit Hunter Decker. Hunter Decker. Don't make me bring Hunter Decker on here. I'll bring him on the show and he'll tell you straight up that was that targeting. Was not no targeting. Said, that month hit me, man. Was it called? <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> what I'll say is that the play that sticks, that one of the plays that stuck out to me was uh uh pretty much to me. I think the play that, that won y'all. Yeah, that won him. That that worthy. That, that worthy touch, that route that, was that was sick. No, he runs great routes. That route was sick. But one thing I will say about Worthy too, and um, mm-hmm. this is more on the team. We need more playmakers like him on the field. We need as many playmakers as possible on the field. Yeah. And I just don't think we had guys with that kind of route running ability, um, with that Which, kind of speed on the field all the time. I can see it. You no. ran out. You ran out of it. I mean, the thing is, look. Yeah, now you're getting hurt. I mean, yeah, we ran out of a lot of playmakers. But if, if, go ahead, go ahead. You know, but having a guy like Jonte Cook come in this year, who's an yeah. exceptional route runner as well, um, catches the ball very cleanly. You know, state champion as well, so bringing in some of that championship pedigree. You know, um, having a guy like that come in, having a guy like Brendan Thompson here also, who's a speed guy as well, getting them back into the program and getting them just letting the game slow down for them. They didn't run them a lot this year. Um, but having guys like that who are no kidding playmakers, or Ryan Niblett as well, Savion Red, who's already here, who I think is going to be one of the guys. If Jordan Whittington leaves, he's probably going to take that spot and just run with it. He's a hell of a player. Where's Savion Red from? I... Uh, Garland. No, Grand Prairie. Grand Prairie. Yeah. Um, no, so so and that having was... DeAndre Moore. I mean, you know. Oh, that was the thing. That's the thing. Here we go again with all the freshman talk. But here's here's yeah. the thing that I had to say, okay? Um, I said it to open the show up. You guys had a bad luck of it. Basically, you just had a bad draw. Yeah. Okay. Because I mean, the thing about it is, 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 is I always say, if you're gonna talk noise about somebody, it's not that that y'all live rent free. But if you're gonna talk noise about somebody, you need to educate educate yourself on on the team. Not only did y'all have New York, a Jai Hall, Billingsby. But you also got to kind of look down at, at some other guys as well. What's that one wide receiver that you guys always talk about with the that had the main may, uh, major knee injury? Oh, Troy Mary. Oh, yeah, Troy Mary. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, he's in the portal. Never panned out. I know yeah. he's a portal, but I'm just saying he didn't pan out. Yeah, he got the you injury and never came back. Amazing, yeah, you had this amazing talent out there, but you're running out there with Worthy, Whittington, and Casey Kane. And it, you guys, and, and that's why I say, OU and Texas had a lot of a lot of similar problems this year, simply because you're looking at the personnel that's out there with your quarterback, and you're saying, "Hi, damn, we got all this talent on other on, on the sideline, but we're running out here with pretty much the same three guys every time." And you may see the stat sheet where uh, there's a guy who has you know two or three catches or this and that. You didn't see that, but then you go to the next game and you don't even see him play. You get what I'm saying? So. It's just one of those things where y'all had a had a bad draw this year with injuries. Your Alabama guys not panning out like some of your coaches. Uh, then uh, <laughs> our coaches, our coaches have panned out this year. I don't want to hear nothing. We don't want to talk about coaches. Well, yeah, yeah, we don't want to talk about coaches. We'll get to that. But we don't want to talk about coaches because I know on, on my coach's game. first year, he's an offensive guy. His offense is on fire. Yeah, five and you seven know, and thirteen. No, his his offense is on fire. 12, it's defense. Twelve over the past two years. I'm just we, saying. We'll, we'll get to start. I'm, we'll get to I'm, start. I'm, look, I'm just but saying. I'm trying to give you a compliment, man. I'm just trying to just tell you, like a little look, backhanded compliment. Really, y'all just had a bad job. Nobody, nobody expected uh, just things to, to pan out like that. But but I bring up the Amiri kid because I mean. 
he's somebody that um, if I watch your channel, if I watch Steven's channel, if I watch Orange Bloods, if I watch Karen, whoever, that's a kid that y'all have always said, hey, the consensus is that the kid has a lot of talent. It's just that his knee injury was more significant than what we thought it was. Oh, you're and, talking about Troy Mary? Yeah. And yeah, it felt yeah, like yeah. he just couldn't get back because a lot of you guys had done him to be pretty much the he next. He was going to be the guy. And I think everybody he knew his – yeah, he, he was that guy, you know. Yeah. And so, so when you're when you have talent and, and and that's something that we'll talk about on 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 uh, on Friday. I mean, on, on next week on Wednesday on the Horns Down podcast. By the way, we plug that in there. But that's that's one of the things right there is that when you come to you have to come to the realization as a Texas fan, even as an OU fan, and just understand some of these kids just didn't really translate to what's going on now. And that, that's one of the problems is that you felt like this kid had all the potential in the world, just didn't pan out the way you thought he would. Yeah. And I think also, too, with the coaching changes, you're having multiple coaching changes and kids from different coaching regimes and maybe not the best fit. Because I think we all see the kind of wide receivers, you know, that, that Sark wants. Yeah, He wants a fast wide receiver. He wants a guy that runs great routes. Um, he doesn't really like big body receivers. And we were kind of stacked with a bunch of big body receivers. You know, mm-hmm. Nayer is a big well, – well, Nayer is somebody that he actually brought in. But, um, you know, Troy Amiri is a big body receiver. Casey Kane's more of like a big body as well. Um, you know, in the past we've had guys like Colin Johnson. We've had we've had Herman like big guys. He moved Malcolm Epps from tight end to wide receiver because he wanted a big body 6'5", you know, you know, just a wide receiver. Herman, you're seeing what – not Herman, Sark, you're seeing what he's doing, you know, going and getting worthy. You know, smaller guy, but a fast guy, six foot, 165, 170 pounds, mm-hmm. runs great routes, can get behind the defense. You're seeing what he's recruiting as well. Brennan Thompson last year, you know, five foot 10, five foot, you know, 11, 10, 200 meter dash, can get behind, right? Um, you're seeing a guy like this year, Jonte Cook, six foot one, 170 pounds, fast guy, can get behind, you know, you know, as well. Nibble as well as a guy that runs a 10, four, 600 meter dash, and then getting a guy like Moore, you know, so Moore is, is also, He's a little bit stockier than these guys. He's around well, five eleven, six foot, but he's like 185, 190 pounds. So he's a more stockier guy. But you're seeing Sark likes a certain kind of guy. He likes a guy with some speed. He doesn't want him big and bulky. He mm-hmm. wants guys that are going to be electric at every wide receiver position. And that's something that he, he that he didn't have here at Texas this year. And I think but he's I think, trying to get that going yeah. in here for the next couple of years. But I think that he can still be versatile. That's one of the things like there's things that this year that, like I said, I feel like we could have did differently. I know it's not an OU thing, but I'm going to point out this is that I, I like that about Levy is that he wants to have a more diverse group out there as far as like, hey, this is what we're wanting in all these different packages that I'm bringing, right? So the thing is, is that, you know, even with that, he still had some big wide receivers over there in, in Bama coming from there. But I mean, let's just say, I mean, hell, he had like four or five first rounders. Yeah, I mean, there. but even those guys weren't big guys. I mean, those guys weren't like massively, massively yeah, big, but they they're not. They were Waddle, guys. They were Jaylen Waddle, yeah. Devontae Smith, you know, um, Ruggs, and Judy. Those guys are not big guys. I'm those, not saying that they're big guys, but they're bigger than what you're 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 no, talking they're not. Like, Waddle's Waddle's not even not Devontae Smith, but I'm just saying that. Judy, Judy is not some thin, real guy. No, like no, no. Guy. But he's Judy's what six one. Yeah, yeah. You know, 
that's the kind of body frame he likes. You know, mm -hmm. like a guy like Moore, who's coming from Cali, he's 5'11 or so, but he's a, he's a big frame guy. He's already a 185, 190-pound kid, right? So he's he he's not the smaller type like a like a niblet or or like a um you know worthy. He's a bigger kid. He's small, he's fast, but he's he's a bigger kid. He he's a strong kid. Um, you know, so I see this wide receiver core that he's built is mimicking what he had at Alabama. I'm looking at a guy like Xavier Worthy, who could be one of those lanky guys, right? Uh Jonte Cook is another one of those guys. He's, you know, he's a little bit bigger than Worthy is. I think Jonte is probably like 175 pounds or so, right? Um, but he just has a bigger frame, right? Um, and then, you know, Moore is is a is a shorter guy, almost like a Waddle. He's not as fast as Waddle, but he he's he's stocky like that. Waddle reminds me of like a Steve Smith kind of player where he's smaller in stature, but he's a stockier guy that's that's gonna go get some yards across the middle and ain't afraid of nothing, right? And then you have a guy like um Ryan Niblett, who kind of fits that mode of a Jerry Judy just a little bit. So you're looking at I see exactly the kind of players that he wants at Texas, he wants speed at wide receiver. He don't want no slow guys. I don't need a four, six, four, seven guy. I need four fours uh, across the board. I need guys that can get behind the defense. I need guys to run exceptional routes and this offensive flourish. If I have more guys that can take pressure off of Xavier worthy, he can get one-on-ones. And if somebody goes over the top on worthy, then Ajante cook can get a one-on-one -on -one and he can cook. Right. You know, like, I mean, like, but that's, that's pretty much what the offense was this year with Worthy. I mean, I think Worthy was was it was about 70, 30, 70 percent Worthy is gonna go out there and do his thing, but it was 30 percent he's gonna be a great decoy as well. Because like I said, I mean, I, I watched I watched a, a few Texas games. You guys definitely uh it was just Sark scheming really well. And I mean what he Sark, did. He was, well. So just yeah, imagine he, him scheming with with talent that he doesn't have to go real simplistic yeah yeah you know you know think about them scheming talent that can get deep like worthy and not have to only mm -hmm. rely on worthy to go deep right yeah, that's when he was the most effective when he had all those guys but yeah. i mean but that's what he's recruiting hey let's go get it let's see it. Yeah. so here, here's the thing here's the thing and i think maybe this is you know we got what 15 minutes left we said we're just yeah. gonna go about an hour so the whole thing is look, let's just turn it on let's turn the heat on man let's turn the heat on yeah sorry man look at the end of the day, you guys are eight and four this year, or eight and five this year, excuse me. So five and seven the first year. You see the improvement. You see some of the turnaround. You see some of those things or whatnot. But let's just be real, okay? If you put both of those records together, he's 13 and 12 over two seasons. One I know that you, year by listen, year. Listen, 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 listen. Year by I'm year. Bash, I'm just saying. He's 13 and 12 over two seasons. You've seen some improvement. A lot of people are going to say you got the three quarterbacks that you want. I said three because I'm not counting out Malik. I'm not either. We were talking about him earlier today. I'm not counting Malik at all. So the whole thing is, is that, um, and I, hey, hey, I'm going to say this right here. We're going to see how good of a, a coach Sark is because I believe it's going to be a little bit of a circus next year with Arch Manning being there. And then there's a there's a quiet there's a quiet crowd, but they're they're a little bit rowdy for Malik as far as y'all Texas fans. So I'm not saying that y'all are divided anyways. No. But you know, you know, Arch. Arch is going to bring that that talent, but at the same time, if Quinn is out there kind of playing like he is this year, you don't see the improvement. Then you're definitely going to be then, then it's it's time for Malik. Yeah, you know because let's be honest, mm -hmm. they're not going to bring in Arch Man to come in here and be the freshman to save this team. Yeah, that's he that's going to be that. 
No, no, that's that's what Texas has gotten, you know, in trouble with is having freshmen at key positions had to come and save a program. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you remember a quarterback, Shane Buchel, true freshman, having to come do his thing. And after that, Sam, right, um, you know, having Gerard Hurd come out as a freshman as well. Now, he did really good his first game, but he just wasn't ready for it. He, you know, yeah. he wasn't ready for that moment. Yet. He was young. You got to let some of these guys mature into the process. Right. And mm-hmm. so yeah, Arch isn't going to come here and play next year. You know, hopefully not. If something happens with Quinn and he doesn't play well or he gets injured, knock on wood. It's got to be the Malik show. He's been here. He's 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 been in the offense now for two years. Um, he's more than capable. Um, he just has that frame and that stature. Uh, you know, I I want to see him succeed so bad. Mm-hmm. I just do. Um, but you know, it's gonna have to be at the expense of somebody else if he's gonna succeed here in Texas, right? Yeah. I think that's the big elephant in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, it's 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 gonna be in an instance like when Hudson Card came in this year. Right, he came in because there was an injury. You know, um, I, already, I already told you, I just I don't see him finishing there. But you know, you know, Teddy Lehman, a lot of you know, and we we love Gabe and, T- and Teddy. If you ever get a chance to check out their their podcast, it's really good. But they talked about the kid, and Teddy said, "Hey, I think he's the best quarterback there on their roster right now." And he was like, "That kid would give everybody nightmares." And he's he's a kid that scares me because I think he's 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 the best quarterback in their room. And yeah. I think he has the potential and the talent to bag that up as well. Yeah, so, he's just, well, he, he's also been a little bit injury plagued. You know, his his last game in high school, he got injured, and then he had the scooter injury. We all know the scooter injury. <laughs> yeah, you know, I wasn't going to say the scooter thing, but yeah, you know, but he got injured too. Um, you know, so he's he's had like the injury bug there too as well. Uh, so that kind of kept him off the field as well. But I think what Sark did this year is he. Um, let Quinn grow up. Mm-hmm. Let him make mistakes. I'm not going to yank you, right? I'm going to let you screw up. Get it out your system, right? You're 18. You should, you know, just get it out your system. Um, learn. I want you to see this because you're going to see it again. And I think um, once it got into the bowl game, I saw a different Quinn. Is some turned on in that, in that, like the end of that second quarter, going into that second half, you know, I saw a different Quinn. And I was just like, man, you know, Quinn's lighting it up. He's straight, you know, ball's placement is perfect. The first shot, you know, the first deep shot that he's really gotten with Worthy that was like right on the dime. And of course, Worthy dropped the ball, but but it was just like that was like he he's he's in it, right? And I saw him be a little vocal too in that bowl game, in which I don't know if that was because, you know, Rojo is such an intimidating factor. He was the leader of that team, you know. Bijan is like the quiet assassin for you know, he's, he's the guy too, but Rojo kind of is, is like the stick in that room. Right. Um, but you saw players in that bowl game kind of step up. I saw JT Sanders kind of get a little animated on the sideline, you know, like, Hey, this is, this is us, you know, like, let's, let's get better. Quinn got animated. So you can talk about JT Sanders all you want. He's first team, all big 12 at tight end. So, I mean, it's what it is. He's not a non-factor. And I think you know that too. Um, let's let me let me I'm, I don't want to talk about it. anyways. So back to your coach, though. OK, yeah. so like I said, OK, here's my point. All right. 13 and 12 over these past two years. OK, if he has another and this is a simple question that I have. He has another. Like I say, he has a five and seven year, eight and four, eight and five year or anything in between. Is he on the hot seat? No, he's not in the hot seat. You don't know why? So you think he's full five years off? 
Yeah, no, wow. you you can't have them on a hot seat. You got to give people time to develop. Um, I know looking at how the transfer portal has 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 uh influenced some some teams, seeing how TCU has kind of transformed their team in a year with Sonny Dykes going to the national championship game in the first year, right? Um, seeing how, you know, I know you don't like to say it, but Lincoln Riley going out to USC, going from four and eight to, you know, doing what, doing what he's done with that team. Back to what we saw, what, we saw what they really are against Tulane. Don't worry yeah, about I that. Yeah, I mean, you know, like you said, you, were, you know, but Tulane almost beat y'all ass last year too. <laughs> that's fine, that's fine <laughs> but they didn't, they didn't beat us when he had them, uh, that OU gear on. So, yeah, Lincoln, if you nah, watch this video, I, I want you to hear that. You know, I don't want to make lose, this a Lincoln Rowley podcast. Never, hey, but hey, and you know what, Lincoln? What's that? You know what, Lincoln? Here's here's one thing that Texas uh, – I don't want to hear about no Lincoln. We talking about Sark. I don't hear about no Dallas, Dallas, Texas. Oh, excuse me, not Dallas, Texas. Dallas, Oklahoma. That was the second home. Think about it. You lost there for the first time. Think about it. (laughs) Think about it. Get out of here. But we've seen um, first year coaches come in and do great things, right? And now it's 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 Sark's second year. I mean, he had a lot of injuries this year. I think next year they should be primed and ready. I said eight and four this year. Oh. You know, I I said eight and four this year. You can roll the tape back. I said eight and four, um, but you know, I said eight and four, um, but I feel like we left so much meat in the bone. Uh, I think Texas could have been a ten and two team this year. Um, they could have easily been ten and two. They they should have beat Oklahoma State. They should have. Uh, the TCU games are head scratcher. Um, you know, the Bama games are head scratcher. I give them those two games. Um, you know, but the Oklahoma State game, we should have definitely won that game. And you know what? I'm kind of forgetting the other loss. Um, God, I can't forget Oklahoma State. Uh, we lost TCU. We lost to um, Alabama. I'm mm-hmm. missing the other loss. Who's the other loss? Who's the other loss? Somebody West, in the, in the comments. No, nah, I wasn't West Virginia. Oh, Texas Tech. Texas Tech. Texas there Tech, you yeah. go. Yeah. You know, so we just talked about Texas Tech, Chris. So um, I think the Texas Tech game and the, and the Oklahoma State game should have been wins. I think Texas mm-hmm. should have had a 10 and 2 season this year. At worst, they should have been 10 and 2. But you, I mean, but that's the whole they thing. They left a lot of meat in the bone. They, what they, it could have, should have. You left I know, I know. I know. It, it was some of those same problems that you guys have had that crept up on you. Yeah. And I'm not going to say that it was, it was, it, look, the second half, you know, you felt really good about the first half and a lot of games this year, but you still felt like that was the elephant in the room. What yeah, is the second half adjustments? Yeah, what, what which is, is crazy because in the bowl game they adjusted in the second half, which uh, which was crazy. It, you know, the offense adjusted; they were schemed open right. They just didn't execute. You know, and I, I hate to say that and put it on the players, but you know, when you got a player dropping the touchdown pass, you know, sixty yard bomb. I mean, that's that's a schemed up play. Right, it just so is what it I'm is. I'm gonna say this right here: if y'all don't, if y'all don't leave, uh, uh, if y'all don't leave worthy alone, oh, y'all gonna miss Let let me say it again, that bro. You see what I'm saying? Hold on, hold on. Let me put <laughs> let's put a little salt there. Let me put a salt there. If y'all don't leave worthy alone, y'all gonna miss him when he gone. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. I think everybody, everybody wants to have that talent on the field. Um, you know, it's just a matter of cleaning up the mistakes. Y'all, y'all gonna keep y'all gonna keep poking the bear because I'm trying Everybody to tell you. Everybody poke the bear. There's a, there's a second recruiting, recruiting cycle and there's a no, second uh, look, transfer Chris, and the black market is open, baby. I'm Chris, just letting you know it's back. I'm just, I'm just open. speaking on the facts that happened. 
right? Speaking on the facts that happened. I've this heard a lot is. of worthy bashers, and I'm gonna tell you now, I've been I keep the receipts, I've been looking at it. Hold it's on, a lot am of I bashing worthy fans that, that want to get rid of worthy and yours right Chris, now? So Chris, let you know that. Chris, me saying that that's not bashing worthy. That's just <laughs> that's just stating the obvious. Stop that's that. Just, Huh? Stop the hate, man. Stop. I'm the not hate. hating. I'm just saying the execution wasn't there. The adjustments were right in the second half. And I think uh, next year, next year, if Texas doesn't go 10 and 2 next year or better, uh, with the improved offensive line, I think we're going to be better at the skill position. Minus Bijan. I give you Bijan. He, he, he's, he, he's generational. Um, but as far as wide receivers and the tight ends, you know, this is, a, you know, this is uh, Sanders first full season of actually getting playing time at tight end. I think he's going to be a much better player next year as well, you know, prior to him going to the league. Um, and uh, say what you want. <laughs> you can laugh all you want. <laughs> you can laugh all you want. Um, but uh, we got to get more talent there at the wide receiver position, and I think Texas is going to do it this year. And Quinn coming back and playing um, the way he should play. Ten and two or better. Ten and two gets y'all to the Big Twelve Championship game, and that's something that y'all are allergic to. So I don't, I, I don't know, I don't know. It's been so long. What 2009? No, we played y'all in the Big Twelve Championship game when Sam was there. Oh, that is true. Y'all did make the Big Twelve Championship. Yeah, we played. We played Georgia. How they go for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever. <laughs> you know it's hard to beat a team <laughs> twice. No, I mean, look, I, I, I am definitely not gonna go ten and two, um, but I will definitely say that I can see nine and three in the future. But it's just all about how this, uh, how, how is the Big Twelve? Let, let talk to me when the Big Twelve uh, releases the, um, when they release the schedules, and then also talk to me uh, when the Big Twelve decides to not screw OU in Texas down the stretch. Oh, dude, on, on we – now, there's one thing we can't agree know. about. There's one thing know. we can agree about. The Big 12 screwed both teams this year. We got no calls this year. Neither one of our teams got calls this year. Um, I saw a stat – was it three holding calls if, mm-hmm. on the opposing teams for the entire season for Texas, or two for us and three for you guys, something like that. It's just, come on now, really, like no team holds us? No team holds OU? You know, so, you know, the Big 12 sending the message, but – one thing before we get out of here, Chris. Um, when do you think we're going to the SEC? I think we're going uh, as soon as next year is over. With. I think we're going in 2024. I think I think 2024 is it also. Um, but something something has me thinking uh, that the Big 12 might just want to get us out of there as soon as possible. Meaning at the end of the you know, with the new media rights deal, you would think that the Big 12 uh, that the you would think that the Big 12 would have did something like that. Hey, we already got all this money. Let's get yeah. you out. We're discounting at least five, uh, 20, 20 mil or so, whatever. That should get y'all out. Yeah, we just got to see if, uh, you know, your broke-ass school can pay y'all dues to get out. You know what I'm saying? If if we broke, I don't know what that makes y'all. Because y'all, <laughs> y'all, 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 we, y'all hood rich. Y'all ain't, like, y'all got y'all hood rich. Y'all ain't like rich like that. That man know? said we hood rich. Them W's ain't, ain't stacking up like that. But people, you know, Q keeps saying, um, what did, what did Q say? Please speak your mind about JT. Hey, JT. You're a you're a non-factor. That's what I have to say, buddy. Okay. Hold on. I, I'm hold just on. gonna be real. Hold up. Take a picture of that. Uh, we're not gonna take a picture. Hold on, I'm gonna pull something on. up for you guys. I forgot. Hold on, real quick, real quick, because I want y'all to keep this. 
I forgot the A, excuse me. Like I said, hey, JT, you're a non-factor, okay? Can you see that? You see it, Nick? No, you, you know it? what? Hold on. I'm going to... I'm going to share my screen here and we're going to talk about just how much of a non-factor, you know, JT Sanders was against that vaunted OU defense. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, so yeah. Um, Trust me, if we would have actually had our real game plan, it would have been nice. Oh, no, no. Hey, like hey, man. Yards. Hey, Chris. It wasn't that big of a deal. Chris, if ifs were fists, we'd all be drunk. You know what I'm saying? So you say told it. me earlier, you told me earlier these these ifs, ifs, ifs. But let's pull up these stats about JT Sanders. If you guys can see my screen here, you go to ninoscornersports.com. I got all my stats here, you know, NCN numbers. Uh, JT Sanders, I think, posted his uh, you know, third highest NCN score, 74.8. That means he's a very efficient and effective player. Average is about 50. Five uh, receptions on seven targets, 71 yards, uh, four first downs on those five catches. Um, also, two touchdowns for a non-factor. Um, so, you know, 40% touchdown to reception rate. Um, and one explosive play, meaning they catch over 20 yards, Chris. Um, so, yeah. So, uh, you know, JT Sanders having four successful receiving plays on five catches, two touchdowns, one explosive play. Yeah, he was a non-factor against OU. Those those two I'm, touchdowns, I'm just Chris, you know. his two touchdowns were 14 points more than what your whole entire team scored last year. And that's fine for obvious reasons. And we'll talk about that next Wednesday. Okay? <laughs> next Wednesday on the Horns Down podcast. We'll talk about that next Wednesday. I got, I got some I, – look, I, look I, I, trust me. It's going to be a different room over there. I'm going to have some OU people in there. They're going to let y'all know exactly – uh, they can talk. What do you think about JT Sanders? You know, because yeah, we, we, we have a good time. You know, uh huh. All I know, Big Twelve, all well, first team, all Big Twelve. Um, yeah, he's that guy. He's that guy. But on that note, folks, it's been an hour in. Chris, man, appreciate you coming in. We're gonna meet next week on the Horns Down podcast. I can't believe I just said Horns Down. Hey, um, hey, it was it was a good pod today, bro. It, 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 was a good it always is. It always is. We always have some, uh, you know, some good talk. But like my boy Q said, man, I just cooked this fool when it comes to JT, man. <laughs> hey, man, put some respect on JT name, bro. Put some respect on JT name. Hey, extra look, crispy. Cook, extra and, and crispy. Andre Colburn are the same person to me. Basically. Oh my God! All right, all right. All right. We shall see, my friend. But folks, appreciate it. Uh, go follow Chris's podcast, man. Um, you know, the Hornstown podcast on YouTube, also on Anchor, Spotify, anywhere you go, go, go follow it. You know, so good listens, you know, on his, um, you know, Twitter as well. Chris with a K, folks. So Chris with a K. Yes, it's K and then Chris after, folks. So don't be spelling it all wrong. Um, but um, but yeah, man, thanks for coming through, bro. Hey, man, I appreciate y'all, man. Hey, all the love, all the love to, to all y'all Texas fans. You know what it is. Horns down always. But shout out to Nick. Hey, look, like, subscribe, do all the things. Get this video up. Let's go. All right. Appreciate it, man. Hook them. <laughs>